And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. Expository Thursday, as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand the things the Lord does require of us and learn to apply God's timeless truths into our lives. First, uh uh-oh, that's all I'm going to say. The early church did some things so much better than today's church. (laughs) So true. They were on a mission. Share the gospel. Become more like Jesus. And be kingdom advancers. They had one heart. They had one soul. They were one. They shared their possessions. They shared their lives. They didn't compartmentalize. They could share and trust with one another and love one another. What a novel idea that is. Next, the apostles, in partnership with God, gave witness to the resurrection with God's power. The miracles were never intended for personal gain, and they are not now intended for personal gain. The purpose of miracles was to testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The miracles themselves are vehicles of God's compassion. They are visible manifestations of God's grace. Your salvation is such a miracle. Your answered prayers are miracles too. Finally, nobody lacked because everybody cared about other people as much as themselves. Oh, we are in so much trouble. That means that nobody was behind anything or fell, fell behind anything because everybody cared. Oh no, this is trouble. They were sold out for the gospel and they were sold out for each other. Could you imagine people caring about you know caring about one another as much as caring about themselves? Could you imagine thinking about other people as much as you think about yourself? By the way, this was a volunteer manifestation. The government does not have true biblical compassion. Let's not misunderstand. Unfortunately, though, not enough churches have it either. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oeve, so much more. Hey, hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can do that. Yep, you can. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. I don't know what the rates are for your phone, but they probably apply. Also, you can call us. That's a joke. You can call us at 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Cat and Chris will answer the phone, and you'll be sailing in the right direction, and there will be peace and harmony in your life. Until you talk to me. 
Keep in mind, folks, that you might have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question. You might have any any type of praise report or a prayer request or even answers to Bible trivia. Okay, let's open this up with a little Bible trivia thought right now. What was the name of the angel? And don't answer Mr. Angel. What was the name of the angel who told Mary she was going to have a baby? That's an easy one. Getting our little Christmas on, getting a little in that direction, right? All right. Uh, bottom line, you can reach out to us by uh, either calling us at 972-445-0770, or you can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase.org. Also keep in mind, the show is pretty much a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family Anything is available and open to you. It's not professional radio, folks, but it, it is radio. The best that we can tell. Although I do like that idea that it's, you know, it's a, a can with another can attached by a string. <laughs> I just think there's just something legendary about that whole process. All right, somebody's calling in, so we'll give them the chance. We're not trying to make it uh, difficult. I think most people know that. Uh, and, uh, see, that's me stalling as they're saying hi to Captain Chris. You like how I do that? Uh, uh, I do want you to check out the website. So we do have the app. I got Deb on the watch. Uh, I'll check in with you, Deb, probably Monday to see if the app is ready on the Appy store or whatever they call that thing. And then, uh, everything else is just rolling along. Are we ready? There you go. All right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Deborah. How are you doing, Deborah? Oh, by the way, thank I'm you for calling good. in uh, to to offer uh, to remind us to pray uh, for the Daystar people. That was really nice of you. So, I mean, I appreciate oh. you did that. Okay. That was, yeah, that was from yesterday. Did you? Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I I appreciate that. We need to keep it aware. There's a lot of stuff going on, and we need to keep each other comforted and in prayer on a regular basis. Okay, you ready for this one? Now, if you don't know this one, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna make a, a terrible joke. So you have to you have to know this one. What was the name of the angel who told Mary she was going to have a baby? And you cannot answer, Mister Angel. Wouldn't that be old Gabe? That is correct. Excellent job. See, you know you're making an impact when people start going, wouldn't that be Gabe? <laughs> See, <laughs> that is legend. I love it. Great, great job. Excellent, excellent work. By the way, how's your friend? Is it Susie? Uh, you know, she's actually doing a little better. She has her ups and downs, but... I think she's going to be all right for a while. All right. You keep us posted. And also on yourself, if we need to be praying for you, because I want people to be praying for people that call in on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if well, you... I'm I'm doing pretty good. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're just going to ask that the Lord fill your mouth with just that much more for praise. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Awesome. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. I, I right, appreciate well, it. Thank you. And y'all have a good afternoon. All right. God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we got that done. We got that done. We got that done. Let's see. Deb's going. Uh, still not here. I'll get, keep a watch, Deb. I'll let you know. I think it'll be Monday. Uh, Gabe, Gabriel, Gabe, Gabby. Well, I don't know about Gabby. That doesn't seem right. You might call me that, but I don't think. All right. Uh, what do we got? We got our uh, expository Thursday. All right, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! X chapter uh, 4, this is verse 32. The multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. <laughs> oh, see... It's amazing to me that the that and I've been in I've been to multiple churches. Just so you can know, when I first got to uh, Fate, which is like Rockwell County, I mean, I, we went to probably sixteen different churches because for me, I want to, I like knowing what's going around and it helps me. Right? Could you just imagine any single one church where they all had one heart and one soul? The word heart is cardia, from which we get cardiovascular. The word soul is suke or psyche, very close to psyche. So the heart part is the emotions and the feelings, and the psyche part has to do with the, the wills, the willingness and the will of the person. And what they're saying is everybody was connected. You know how there's church cliques in almost every church that has more than two people? Uh, well, here's the thing. That's just immaturity. Okay, I understand that every church has it, but that doesn't make it okay. There shouldn't be any cliques. This is not high school, okay? What this is is a commitment to a mission, and I want to make sure that everybody understands what's going on. The mission is to share the gospel, to become more like Jesus, and to advance the kingdom, and they were committed to this principle. They did not uh, allow stupid things to separate them. They did not. You know, right now in the in the church, we have an argument as to how far you should be in politically or how far you shouldn't be in politically or what you should do about the COVID-19 uh, uh, vaccine and what you shouldn't do about the COVID-19. And, and I just want to point this out. We've allowed multiple earthly issues to come into the streaming uh, and and the existing place of the church where when Jesus talked about it, he made sure that people understood, look, who's, who's, whose signature is this? Whose coin is this? Oh, it's Caesar's coin. Well, give to Caesar's what's Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And don't mix them. And it's like the mixing part is what's killing us. If you want to be a servant of the state like Daniel, you can be, as long as you're true to God and make sure that no matter what they do, you always obey God first. I mean, that's fine, right? But you don't have to be like this group's against this group because they don't like this and this. That is so immature. That is not the gospel. Listen, let me explain something to you. When all that stuff goes away, when the nationality issues are no longer there, and it's all about living as long as you can as a Christian before they shoot you, there won't be any questions on that realm. You're either in the mission, in the gospel, advancing the kingdom and becoming like Jesus, and on the right side of the Lord, or you're not. And that's all there is. It's not going to be... Left or right, people. It's not, no, that's it. Okay. All right, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
here we go. Let me give you an update on Easton Scott. A lot of tough stuff that my daughter and my son-in-law have been going through. Uh, I did send an email out. I don't know if, Julie, if you got the email I or did. not. I did. sent it out to everybody. So he was going through 20 and 30 seizures per episode, and they've got that down to a dramatically less amount. But the sad news is that from a medical point of view, uh, Easton does not – it does not appear as, according to the doctors, that he will be able to speak or will be able to care for himself. Oh. And so what the result of that is is that Julianne and Jared, my son-in-law and my daughter, have recognized that God has put them in a position to be the best parents to love Easton Scott with all that they can and give them the best life that they can. But while that's going on, they're not going to stop believing that something can change. And the doctors even said – this is territory we don't even know. Right, because this, this is a problem that not very many people have had. So Very few. Everybody is different. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they have like 230 total cases in the world that they have records on, which is like, so they're like, we don't know. Right. And it's like, so I, I just want to read this one thing my daughter wrote. It's a fantastic. She wrote this, uh, you know, it's not easy to sit there and write a Facebook post that tells all the things you've been going through. And so I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read the last paragraph because I thought that was really significant. She wrote, scientifically, Easton does not have much of a chance. His best case scenario is he may possibly be able to walk and say three to five words one day. But God can help him. He's not afraid of impossible odds. And if Easton is healed one day, there will be no question as to where it comes from. It will not be because of therapy. It will not be because of medication or diet. It will be because of God's undeniable healing power. So in the meantime, we choose to raise a hallelujah and trust in God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is faith. Now, the the idea that it's going to be simple and everything's going to be great and they're trying to make pie in the sky, that doesn't exist at all. If you read this, and, and I think Wonder Julie can attest to it, she tells you this is ugly. This, right. this is a not a good situation. It's going to change our lives. He's never going to be able to be unattended. It doesn't look good. And, you know, as a parent, you're heartbroken. They have two other children. They don't want to have any loss in their communication with their kids, but they're going to have to give extra attention. They were going to have a fourth child. They're not sure they're going to do that now. So you got a lot of things in play. But what you can't deny is that my I, I will take I won't take credit, but I'll stand in there as a grandparent and as a parent and say, what a fantastic position of faith that my daughter has grown into. She has made the determination that she will do the best that she can as a human being to give this child the best life she can, and she will not quit hoping. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I do want you, we're not, I'll repeat it in the next segment here, but check out the website. Make sure you go through all the pages. There's some cool stuff on there. There's stuff I don't think people realize. We put up like uh, 10, 12 videos, and then I resized all the image where they where it's held so that they fit better. Even my son said, hey, that, that looks not bad. That's not bad. He's he's like my you know he's like you know how you have myself I'm my biggest fan and my worst critic he's just my worst critic <laughs> that's what happens that's what that's what happens when your firstborn gets up there and up there and up there 
And you know what the best line he's ever said to me? I just have to say this because most people will absolutely do it. Dad, you don't understand what it's like having three kids. Wait, you, your brother, and your you're right. But it's different now. Well, it's been like this for thousands of years. It's just different for your generation. Yeah, you guys have more aids to help you, like an iPad. Here, kid, watch this. Okay, anyhow. We had grandma. Okay, anyway. Uh, just thought I'd get that off my chest before we move on. Having an issue with your son, Dave? You bet. Anyway, here we go. Uh, this is a, I, you better blow the horn on this. This is a little, it's a little tough one on this one. This is a toughie. Go ahead, blow the horn. You gotta think about this carefully, and I'm gonna give a ton of room in this, because when I first read it and read the answer that they were offering, I agreed with it, but it's hard to get there. That's what, so I'm giving you kind of a probing trivia question, okay? But it, is, it does make sense. According to Luke, what proof did the angel point to to Mary to verify that his words were true. There was an event that happened, and the angel pointed to that event. And in pointing to that event, the angel was saying, see, that's how you know what I'm saying is true, you know, kind of indirectly. What event was that that the angel pointed to to give Mary a sense of verification as to what was proclaimed to her? If you think you know the answer, that's right, it's a tough one. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. Uh, if you think you know the answer, ooh, Joanne and Cordelia didn't even wait. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number you'd call. 214-210-8483 is the number you would text, or you can email david at hemustincrease.org. I have a joke, but it is a little long. It is a little long. But the last line makes it worth it. So you must bear with me. If you're going to bear one another's burdens, then this would be that. Kind of. Okay. Again, what event did the angel point to to give Mary the assurance that what he was saying was happening? What, um, what miraculous event? All right, let me do the joke. Just have to put up with it. Just hang in there. It's not the end of anything. And uh, here we go. Uh, an old preacher told the story of a young minister interviewing for his first pastorate. The pulpit committee had invited him to come over to their church for an interview. The committee chairman asked, Son, do you know your Bible pretty good? The young minister said, Yeah, pretty good. The chairman asked, well, which part do you know the best? He responded, I know the New Testament best. Which part of the New Testament do you know best, asked the chairman. The young minister said, several parts. The chairman said, well, why don't you tell us the story about the prodigal son? The young man said, fine. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus who went down to Jericho by night. He fell upon stony ground, and the thorns choked him half to death. The next day, Solomon and his wife, Gomorrah, came by and carried him down to the Ark of Moses to take care of. But as he was going through the eastern gate into the Ark, he caught his hair in a limb, and he hung there for 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards, he was hungry, and the ravens came and fed him. The next day, three wise men came and carried him down to the boat dock, and he caught a ship to Nineveh, where he got there and found Delilah sitting on a wall. And he said, fall down, fall down. They said, how many times shall we push her down? Seven times. 
seven. He said, nay, but 70 times seven. And they chucked her down 490 times, and she burst asunder in their midst and picked up the 12 baskets of the leftovers in the resurrection. Whose wife shall she be? The committee chairman suddenly interrupted the young minister and said to the remainder of the committee, Fellows, I think we ought to ask the church to call him out as our minister. He is awful young, but he sure does know his Bible. See, that's funny. See, see, that's funny. <laughs> but he sure does know his Bible. I'm not apologizing for that. That was funny. <laughs> he sure does know his Bible. <laughs> oh, the things we do. All right. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get back on track. So the the trivia question. Uh, is, according to Luke, what proof did the angel point to? What event, what miraculous event did he point to to give, uh, to point out to Mary that his words to her were true? What was that miraculous event he was pointing to? Let's go back into the text again, into Acts. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. There wasn't any of them who lacked, for they were all, for all who were possessors of land or of houses uh, sold them and brought them the proceeds that were sold. And they laid them at the apostles' feet and distributed them to everyone as they had need. A couple things to just go through and walk through this. First and foremost, watch this. The people were taking care of one another. Why were they taking care of one another? Because they were committed to the same mission, the same gospel, becoming more like Jesus and advancing the kingdom. That was their passion, right? In our country, like I would say like in the 1900s, certainly the 1930s to about 1990s, the biggest thing was, you know, own a home. Own a home. You have to have your own home. You have to. Now that's not quite the same as it is, but that's what like the big drive was and the big push was 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 really along those lines. And the reason I bring it up is not to say that that's a negative thing. The reason I bring it up is because that was kind of like in a sense a mission within the country. Well, in Christianity, the mission was the gospel, and the mission was taking care of one another. Remember, Jesus gave a summation of the commands when he said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind." and love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Nobody's arguing. Everybody gets that. But in John, he said, I give you a new commandment. And see, nobody's talking about that. Well, what do you mean you gave us a new? Didn't you already have the summation process? After he gave that summation, he made this statement, a new commandment I give you, love one another. So the commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in regards to your brothers and sisters, love one another. And so those are the commandments, really, that follow into the New Testament process. And so they were committed to the work, and they were committed to each other, and nobody operated in selfishness, period. Does that mean they didn't have their own bed? No, it doesn't mean that. Does that mean they didn't have their own vehicle like Fred Flintstone? No, it doesn't say that. Did they have their own horses? Sure. Did they have their own roof? Sure. But there was nobody who didn't have a roof over their head. See, that's how they did it. 
In other words, they would share it with one another. Uh, they would take care of one another. One of the most important lessons out of this process is because they were so united towards one another, there was great power that the apostles were operating with in giving witness and testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God poured out the manifestation of his Holy Spirit after the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2. Remember, this is Acts chapter 4, and was doing miracles because the people were committed to mission and the mission was the gospel, and to be Christ-like and to advance the kingdom. And you just look at it and you go, well, that's why God poured out his power, right? I mean, it was just, just the, the great grace was upon them all because the Lord was like going, bam, watch this, bam, watch. And you're thinking, well, you know, are you sure that it's miracles? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this, is, the, this is the thing. The thing is try not to undo it. Make it keep it simple. That is what led up to that. It was the unification. It was not a a forced unity, by the way. <laughs> so you know, we'll, I guess we'll deal with that in a, in a little while. But that whole idea behind that is just bizarro land, because the government doesn't have the capacity to operate with the spirit of God in them, because they think they're in charge. I was like, no, that's, that's the first problem right there. We're your leaders. Like, take us. Remember, Martians come. What do the movies say? Take us to your leaders. We have no leaders. We only have fake rulers who are not really doing anything that Jesus did. <laughs> so let's just say that once. That would be a great movie line. Anyhow, the point is, because they were so committed and so united and so connected, there was an outpouring of the power of God. So I'll ask you this question, then you can tell me what you think is the possibilities, and then we'll answer the trivia question. If there's a greater persecution in the church before the Lord returns, don't you think that that will develop into a greater sense of unity because everybody will become more dependent on one another? And if we become more dependent on one another, don't you think that opens up the opportunity for there to be another outpouring of the Holy Spirit in such a way as to give great witness to the gospel? You can put that in your bank because that is how it's going to be. And if you don't get that joke, go to the bank, take out a loan, and buy a clue. All right, here is the answer to the trivia question. According to Luke, what proof did the angel give to Mary that his words were true? That's the question. The fact that her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant when she was past her childbearing age was the testimony that the angel pointed to. I think that's worthwhile. It's a good point. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Moving is hard. It's a moment that everyone dreads. But wait, there's an answer. Jesus can help. And for the moving parts, Men of God Moving is there for you. Men of God Moving is a full-service Christian moving company that is locally owned and operated, serving the entire Dallas and Fort Worth area. Men of God Moving helps with homes, apartments, offices, long and short distance relocations, and so much more. They offer packing and unpacking services, loading and unloading, assembling and disassembling, plus many other helpful services. Tell them you heard it on the David Spoon Experience and receive a substantial discount. Substantial means a whole bunch. Call them at 817-707-7672 or go to their website, menofgodmoving.com. That's menofgodmoving.com. 
And check them out on Facebook. The Lord's Word says, Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men. Ephesians 6-7. Allow men of God moving the privilege of serving you. And listen to Johnny Hill, the owner, often on the David Spoon Experience. To hear his testimony, reach out to men of God moving. Johnny's testimony will move you. God bless. What is the David Spoon Experience? This is Ray Bentley. Ray Bentley, the man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) on the show. I'm going to say that about you. (laughs) It has been four years and six in six months and 29 days since you've been live on the David Spoon Experience. Oh, man, <laughs> finally. I'm, I'm sliding in under the tag home safe. You are finally. safe. Okay, and so I'll tell the entire audience real simple. Uh, after this interview, you can either blame Ray or you can bless Ray <laughs> because it was his fault a year and a half ago on February 12th when he called me and said, you should be back on the radio. Amen. You just point to that guy. Okay. (laughs) All right. First of all, Ray, I want to ask you a really important question to start everything off with. The time is yours. You determine how much time you've got. It's totally up to you. But I do want to just ask you this quick question. How you doing? (laughs) You know what? I am doing uh, good. I'm doing – actually, I'm doing – Great. I think these are exciting times. Uh, I, I feel like we're in an acceleration of things happening, of God moving, of kind of things that we thought about and imagined prophetically what it would look like. And it's like happening so much so fast with such acceleration. I'm like, I can't hardly keep up with it all. It's just, it's a great hour uh, to look up and to encourage one another. You know, I, I do realize there's lots of uh, challenges, and these are trying times, but out of the worst of times come the best of times. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I was just texting Steve. It's one of our listeners of the show, somebody I really enjoy. I enjoy Steve. He's a great guy. And, uh, and he was pointing out, hey, it's a lot tougher in certain sense with, uh, you know, the Internet and all the stuff they got going on. It's like, hey, when my wife and I uh, were growing up, uh, we had to make sure the bassinet didn't have rat droppings in it. My son has three acres with uh, with 3,000 square feet. Ah, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> not even the same ballpark. And then he's got, you know, two sets of grandparents five minutes away. Are you kidding? <laughs> And then I grew up in Phoenix, so I don't want to hear anything from anybody. Oh, wait, without an air conditioner, with a swamp cooler. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Swamp cooler. (laughs) Now that, my friends, that is sad. All right, here we go. (laughs) I just had to share that with you. Uh, But don't get the wrong idea. Steve and I, we banter back and forth. All right, true or false? All right, so this should be pretty... 50-50 opportunity here. True or false? Jesus never spoke about angels. Okay? True or false? Okay? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-1080. 
888-538-8483. Or you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. You can do any of those, and now we're going to lead you to the website because one of the things we do on the website, on the website, on the website, are four apps to choose from. They're free. They don't cost anything. So if you ever want to listen to the show, all the apps do one specific thing. They they direct you to the station internet, the internet station, so that if you're ever like trying to figure it out, if you have the app, you just click it and hit listen live. There it is. I mean, it's kind of nice. And then I put some other goofy stuff in some of the different ones. One of them has like 20 pictures. So it's really kind of cute. So there's that. And then there's that opportunity to give. So earlier I said I wouldn't press on that. Okay, that time's over. (laughs) That was earlier. This is now. Okay. And, uh, you know, we need – we need as much help as we can get, especially coming into December. I know people are thinking, oh, everybody gives in December. <laughs> Not to us. <laughs> That's a nice way of telling you uh, yeah, any help would be appreciated. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, so uh, trivia question, true or false, Jesus never spoke about angels. Okay. Now, most of you should get this right away. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, you, you kind of got to get some of this right away, right? All right. Uh, we did that. We did that. What do we got to do? History? Okay. We got to check with Chris, see what's going on. History's next. All right, do the history. Let's go All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, National Fritters Day. So what do we think about that? You like that? I like a good apple fritter. Huh? I like a good apple fritter. Yeah, apple fritter. Uh, they have apple, corn, crab, and hush puppies. I didn't really know that a hush puppy was considered a fritter, is it? I like hush puppies. Uh, I like hush puppies, too. Uh, it's National Mutt Day. <laughs> okay, sure. Safety Razor Day. I just I don't even know what that why is that even on there? And then uh the business of popping corn day or I guess corn popping day business or you know, this is not the best history that I've heard in a long time. Uh let's see if we can uh, find something else that'll make it semi interesting. Uh nineteen sixty nine Boeing seven forty seven uh passenger jet made its first public flight. It flew from Seattle, Washington to New York City, 1969. I can tell you right now, in 1971, I was on one. 1972, I was on a DC-10. My dad was loaded. So we went places. It was like, and he was loaded. So when I became a Christian, I was cut off. Uh, let's see. Uh, first around-the-world commercial flight. I did not know this. The first around-the-world commercial flight took off in San Francisco. Uh, Pan American Airways flight arrived in New York City uh, January 6th, covering about 31,500 miles. But here's the problem I'm having with this, okay? So uh, you can just tell me if I'm wrong. They leave in San Francisco, they go around the world, and they land in New York. You know, the flight from New York to San Francisco, that's a long flight. What do you mean that's around the world? They missed like 10 hours. No, six hours. It's like, wait. Anyway, that's just my thing. 
And then finally, 1845, U.S. President James Polk presents his manifest destiny that the U.S. expand into the West for the historical people amongst us. Not the historical, but the historical. Uh, True or false question. Uh, That is our trivia question. Jesus never spoke about angels. We will leave it there and uh, getting a of answers, by the way. If you want to call in and answer, we're getting a bunch of answers. I, I, we got like 25 answers on our texts. Uh, if you want to call in, 972 445 0770, text 214 210 8483, or david at he must Back to the text that we're talking about. Uh, now, with great the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. Nor was there any among them who lacked for all uh, who were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as they had need. Okay? I want to make sure that we make a distinction between what the early church did and what governments do. Okay? Early church has to do with the big G. The big G is God. Governments have to do with the little G. That little G is government and stands for man. There's this thing inside mankind back to the garden that kind of, what's the word, uh, fertilizes this desire for man to be like God, to act like God, to pretend to be like God. And that's what Adam and Eve essentially bought into when Satan said, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. And I was like, ooh, ooh. And that moment right there was part of the sin nature that moved and manifests now in all people. Okay, unless the Holy Spirit is more dominant in your life, it probably still exists as a domination in many people's lives. What happened is in the early church, they took what they had, they sold what they had, they gave it to the apostles, trusting that they would just do a certain sense of distribution. The apostles did not stay in that same place. They actually turned over administrative duties to the seven so that they can concentrate on the Word of God and prayer. That's what Acts chapter 6 teaches us. But what people miss and what governments miss is that everybody who did this in the early church did this because they wanted to. And that is the difference. When the government, and I'm saying this of all governments, when they tax people to say, we're going to give to the poor, we're going to function like the church established itself, the problem there is that that is often not the case of what's going on. Most people, as you know, have a corrupt, you know, uh, nature in them, a sinful nature, and they will in some way, shape, or form perhaps take advantage of the situation like Judas did in the scriptures, who was the keeper of the money, the keeper of the bag amongst the apostles. It's like, look at this, Jesus is telling you. The Lord is telling you, look, the guy with Jesus who's pretending to be like the administrator, he's a crook. So therefore, and the reason that I bring it up is not to disparage every government. And I want to make this statement really clear. Daniel, who is the, probably the greatest challenge to a government of any person, Daniel, when the law came down, the Bible says very clearly, Daniel did not obey the law that, that the 
that the king uh, had had declared about nobody praying to somebody. In fact, he opened up, he went home, opened up his windows, and prayed three times a day. Didn't change his routine at all. Just kept praying to God. But when the king came to see Daniel after Daniel had been delivered, do you know what Daniel said to the king? Long live the king. He didn't hate the government, but he said this. God has demonstrated that I was right and I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> See that there, there's a he's not just anti-government, he's just like, no, no, no. God first, then the other stuff. And it's like you don't have to hate your government because they do stupid things. Every government does stupid things. In fact, Dan is the exact opposite. Long live the king is like, wow, that's kind of a nice thing to say about the government. But Daniel never mixed the allegiance. And Jesus told us not to mix the allegiance. I'm not saying you don't do the things that they're asking you to do. But when they conflict with what God has told you to do, then that is the call. That is the requirement. You have to decide whether it's better to obey God or man. And you better make the right decision because once you're dead, the government won't ask you about it, but God will. Think of it in those terms. So the reason that I bring this up is this whole church giving, doing, so on and so forth, nobody should be guilted. Nobody should be coerced. Nobody should be manipulated. I was manipulated for years. I hated it. It should be a volunteer act of joyful giving, showing your appreciation to God for what he's done for you, which is why the scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? Does that make sense? voluntarily. Okay, true or false, Jesus never spoke about angels. False, 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 false. Multiple times did he make that reference, just in case you want to know. Take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM.
the deterioration of the ecosystem or creation itself is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made, Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Sometimes oh, welcome back to the Sometimes David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. Can you believe it's the last segment already? That's pretty fast. That's right. That's how we do it. We make 90 minutes disappear like this. Okay. It's magic. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to this last little segment here. Uh, so I want everybody to get, you really get this portion because we're about to go into Acts chapter 5. And most of you know we're coming into Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, a lot of people don't like that story. Okay. You want to know why they don't like that story? Because Ananias and Sapphira were fake. We're going to find out just exactly how God feels about fake when we examine that story. But as we look at this, you see, oh, look, the early church, they were like, okay, one heart. They had one soul. They were committed to the work. They were committed to the gospel, committed to be Christ-like and all these things. I'm going to give you a trivia question, but you got to hold if you call in because I'm not going to answer it till the very end. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Just done. All right. Ready? This is a tough one. In Galatians, now what book are we talking about? Galatians. What does Paul, what does Paul say we was put into effect through the mediation of angels? There's something that Paul mentioned that was brought into effect by the mediation of angels. What was that? Big theology stuff there. If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.com. Org. All right. Now, I want to go back to this text. I want to make sure you get this because where we're going next week, a lot of people are like going to be like, going, Ooh, your show used to be cheerier. 
That's not my fault. I didn't write the book, and I'm not going to apologize for it. It's just like, this is what it says. This is what we do. In the early church, they were of one heart, and they were of one soul. They were on mission. They were advancing the gospel, or advancing the kingdom of God. They were proclaiming the gospel, and they were caring for one another. I can tell you right now, in 2022, we're going to introduce something in the radio show that has uh, we don't think has been introduced before. And it's going to be kind of like an ambassadorship program for the radio show and for the ministry. It's like, yeah, well, we're going to do it. And what that is all going to detail is one of the great things that's come out of all of the things that we've done is I can't do everything and I shouldn't even be trying, right? So I need help. And you're going to find out about that. And when we care for one another and take care of one another, that's a natural uh, production. That's a natural fruit that comes from that. So then we looked at that, and then we talked a little bit about you know the apostles. They were man, they were just they were given great witness testimony to the the power of the resurrection. There was tremendous grace upon them all, and that was because they were of one mindedness. They were all united. Okay, all of them were together, and they took care of one another. And they, they remember that the the people who were giving in this process laid their stuff at the apostles' feet. It was it was giving by choice. It was giving by uh, by what was moved upon a person. You should uh, store up what's in your heart and, and give as the Lord kind of leads you and guides you. One of the things I do tell people is don't don't be uh, so don't treat you're giving in the kingdom of God like a bill. That's like the worst thing you can do because then you're just paying my bill, paying my bill, paying my bill. It's just like, don't do that. Ask God, okay, I've got this money here. What do you want to do with that? I want to be a steward. God gave you time and talent and treasure to be a steward of. you got to be a steward of it. So, okay, so what do I do with it? Here they were, they felt the impression of the Holy Spirit, laying it before the apostles' feet, doing it voluntarily, you know, distribute it wherever it needs. Go, go, go. Then you have this introduction to Barnabas, a huge player in the rest of the book of Acts. Verse 36, and, and Hoses, Hoses, okay, you can say Jose, but Hoses, who was also named Barnabas. See, that's where that comes from, just in case you were wondering. Uh, by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite from the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, a couple things to tell you right now. Barnabas, one of my absolute positively favorite people in the book of Acts and in the scriptures. Him and Apollos. I love Apollos because Apollos said to Paul, Paul said, I need you to do this, I need you to do this, and Apollos said, no. <laughs> it's just like, I just think that's the greatest thing. Here's <laughs> the apostle Paul, and he's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, we're not doing that. Uh, I like that. And then Barnabas, he, he is the son of encouragement. This is a guy that apparently wherever he went— was like uplifting people, right? I mean, who doesn't want to have this ministry about encouraging people on a regular basis? This guy's got it, right? He's a Levite from the country of Cyprus. He had land. He sold it, brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. Uh, I, I just want to point out something. It doesn't say he sold everything he had. It says he sold land. He could have had a ton of land. You don't know what he had. What if he had 500 acres and he sold 100 acres? What is it? Nobody cares. What he was impressed upon, that's what he gave. That's what he did. He sold it, brought it, laid it at the apostles' feet, said, let it be used for something good. Oh, bless it, Lord. And boy, did the Lord bless him in his efforts, right? So what I want you to understand is that Barnabas' entire ministry was lifting up people. 
So he has a Levite background, so he's, he understands assisting in priesthood uh, duties or, or the sanctuary. He understands uh, tithes, you know, go get distributed properly. He understands how to interpret the ruling of the law. He's got a Levite background, so he's giving them money, and he's breaking uh, breaking the the governmental mentality by saying, here's the money, you guys distribute it as you see fit. That's how it should go. It's just like, wow. Right? He's from Cyprus. Kind of cool. You know, it's kind of like, came far out. And here's the biggest thing about this guy. And we're going to see this in the book of Acts. When Paul became a Christian, when Saul became Paul, nobody wanted to talk to him. Everybody thought he was lying. But Barnabas was like, somebody's got to reach out to this dude. Nobody's talking to him. And Barnabas is the one that brought Saul, who later became Paul, into the arena for church influence. Barnabas wasn't the same guy as Paul or Peter or James or John or any of them. But without Barnabas, a lot of stuff doesn't get done. Let's see what stuff that is. Without Barnabas, you don't have the epistles being written by the Apostle Paul because he's Saul, who nobody trusts. And without Barnabas, you don't have the Gospel of Mark. Because that's his cousin. Like, this guy is like, this is the guy. You know what? When you go on a vacation, this is the guy you want to go with. <laughs> you know? When you have lousy food, it goes, that's our, it rains. It's liquid sunshine. You know, it's like one of those guys. Now, he's not always positive, but he's encouraging. What a gift to be a person who can minister courage into somebody's heart. Isn't that just like Wowzer Bowser? So here's this guy. He's named Barnabas by the apostles. So, so, so what? So it's a nickname, yeah, right? Like if you watch, don't get mad. If you write me an email about this, I will, I will, I will return it saying I don't understand you. But like in Big Bang, where they, where you, the, the Howard goes up in the in the space and they give him the name Fruit Loops because <laughs> they nickname you. Don't nickname yourself. Somebody nicknames you. They nickname him. Yeah, this is Barnabas, you know? He's the son of encouragement. That's our guy. And that's what we should all aspire since the Scripture says encourage one another as you see the day approaching. And that means encouraging people that are maybe not as awesome as everybody else. It's encouraging everybody. That's what you want to do. And so here's a Levite, a guy from Cyprus who has got the right spirit, willing to sacrifice, willing to go on mission, willing to give up whatever amount he gave up, willing to do it to advance the kingdom of God because he wants to be a part of the building and the establishment of the declaration of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He wants to be more like Jesus, and he wants to help people. That guy is such a great—and you know what they don't do? They don't give out awards for encouragement. Like, they don't go, hey, encourager of the year. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This guy is legend. Some people think he wrote the book of Hebrews. Ah, I think it's probably more Apollos than him, but nobody knows, okay? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about having a ministry like Barnabas, no matter what you're called to. Be an encourager. We got enough people complaining. We got enough whiners. We don't have enough cheese for all the whiners that we have. 
Okay, you getting what I'm saying there? Is that a good line? <laughs> good. Captain Chris thought it was funny. That's right. That was kind of funny. All right. All right, I want to go back to our trivia question because it's a complex one, and I can always tell it's complex by how I get the responses. <clears throat> I'm not going to say who, but one person said, uh, I, I, it could be Al, but one person said, I have no idea. That was his answer. Uh, in Galatians, what does Paul say was put into effect through the mediation of angels? The answer to that is the law. Mm, the law. It is the law. Okay? Figure out what movie that's from. You could just figure that out. Ah, that's why I told you it was in Galatians. That's why I told you. I can't give you everything all the time. Can't do it. All right. I want to close the show out in prayer, if that's okay with you guys. I'm going to be a little selfish on one little part. Uh, Father, we come before you right now, and I just pray you bless everybody. Physically touch our audience. Please, Lord, touch them at the depth. Help them financially. Help them emotionally. Help them fight against loneliness so that they can know the truth that you are with them. Pray that you give me some favor tonight as I'm writing up on some different portions of paper. And I pray that we would all fellowship with one another, love one another, be on mission, help advance the kingdom, and love your gospel and honor you in all of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.